Hey boss, we are recording. I think if if people have been in the CrossFit scene, they should know who you are. But if, if people don't know who you are, um, you can introduce yourself like you're on CNN, I guess. I don't watch any TV, but um, yeah, my name's Jason Ackerman. I've been around CrossFit since 2007 and have owned a few affiliates, been a part of the seminar staff, work at the games. And most importantly for me right now with my partner, we own a company called Best Hour of Their Day, where we help CrossFit affiliates and also CrossFit coaches. The Best Hour of the Day stuff is absolutely phenomenal, by the way. Thanks. I appreciate that. You know, it's one of those things where two, almost three years ago now, so my partner's name is Jason Fernandez. He's also a part of seminar staff and mm -hmm. a longtime affiliate owner, great box in Virginia Beach and former, you know, we like to joke, former games athlete. Uh, he wasn't, he was a regional athlete, but we, you know, we have a fantastic relationship. And a couple of years ago, we were just like, hey, we really like coaching. We like helping people. We like helping affiliates. Let's record a podcast. And we did. I was in my closet at the time, like literally, not figuratively, right? Literally, I'm married, right, to a woman. Um, I was in my closet um, and I was like, yeah, let's hit record. And we started talking and then you know, it's one of those things that just slowly built up over time. And we were like, cool, this is great that we have a podcast. What are we doing with it? And then, you know, we put coaches development together. We put a full affiliate course together and man, it's just so much fun. Like nothing beats loving what you do for a living. That's what I try to preach to everybody. You know, luckily for me, it's fitness, but whatever that is for you, I just hope if you're listening to this, you wake up every day and enjoy it because Man, if you have to go to a job that you don't like for eight hours, you know, a half of your wake life, there's, there's better ways to, to earn a living. 100%. And, and the people, especially if you're in the service industry, right, people in front of you can tell whether you love it or whether it's a paycheck. Like, as soon as they walk in, they're like, oh, okay, this person's here for, for the pennies. Or they walk in, they're like, oh, my God, what is this person on? Like, they've had way too much caffeine. Yeah. You know, I was actually, we have a, a dog sitter. She's like an 18 year old girl. She's a waitress at the restaurant down the road. And she was over yesterday. And we, you know, we were talking about that. We were saying how the service industry, be it restaurant or, you know, serving is no different than coaching, right? The, you have to enjoy being around people. You have to like people. You have to want people to be happy, you know, whether it's through the food they order or through the workouts they are given. And yeah, speaking of coffee, you mentioned it, you know, I'm drinking my coffee. So a new rule that I've started recently is I try, you should, I'm telling you, this is great. So I'm all about like optimizing myself, right? Like I try to optimize myself as best I can, you know, nutrition, health, fitness, all that, obviously, but little things. I listen to a lot of other podcasts and people that are smarter than me. And two things that I started incorporating that have made a big difference. One, of course, get a good night's sleep, which is a little hard. We have a six month old, not ideal right now, but you know, decent. And so the two main things are A, get outside and go for a walk as quickly, you know, when you wake up, assuming the sun's out. And I know you, you're, you're in New Zealand, right? So England, yeah. it's like cold and rainy all the time. So it's a little more challenging there, but I think you can yeah. handle that in New Zealand. You know, I just took Rocky, my, my French bulldog is passed out now over here. Uh, for a walk but the bigger picture is delaying how quickly you drink your caffeine so for 
And I think this goes through a lot of, you know, I ramble, Alex, by the way. I like to ramble. So listen, go for it. There. But, you know, I, I think a lot of us tell ourselves stories, right? Like, this is me. Like, this is who I am. And whether it's entrepreneurship, it's the same thing, right? We coach people and it becomes, no, 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 I can't leave my job because of X or I can't do this because of this reason. And I like to remind them, like, I'm no better. In fact, I'm probably worse at most things in life than you are, right? Like not incredibly smart, five foot three, I'm 140 pounds. Like I have no, like I have no advantages. Um, I've just never relied on like, hey, I'm going to either let other people help me do this. It was always like, I'm responsible and I need to take charge. And part of that was not letting yourself buy into those stories. And the reason I rambled is because if, if you would have asked me a week ago, I'd be like I would die. I will literally die if I don't have coffee right away. Like, no, 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 you don't get it. Death. And, um, you know, I feel by delaying your coffee 90 minutes to two hours, the, the effects of it are so much better and you have more energy throughout the day. You feel better in the morning. I've been sleeping better at night. So listeners, if you take anything from this, give it a try. Just push it back a little bit. So I woke up this morning at about seven, uh, you know, spent time with the wife, baby, took the dog for like a 30 minute walk. And right before we uh, hit record, made myself a pour over. And it's, this is my favorite thing, talking to somebody and drinking coffee. This is mm. a preferred person. But uh, this is this is a great second. Mm, mm, I agree. It's funny that you say no, 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 no. That's really funny because I've tried that before, and I agree with you. I agree with you. Like the coffee, uh, the coffee hits yeah. you in the face. Yeah, it's great. Like I'm, I want to go. I want to get off this podcast and go work out. Right? No, I'm just kidding. I don't. But it's more about the energy I feel when I wake up now. Like, yeah. you know when I um, would typically wake up, I'm tired. Like I'm waking up and my energy is right away. And I think part of it is, you know, your body's just like, I need that drug. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm not getting it for a bit. I got to handle this myself. Right. And then it's, you know, you don't feel, I was like, whenever we would travel, whenever I wouldn't be at home, I would be, you know, the first thing I would do when I show up at an Airbnb or something is like, where's the coffee? Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, okay, I can handle it. Um, So, so I really like that. But one more thing, and again, I have no um, sponsorship by a coffee company, but I used another product we bought is called the Eight Sleep. So it's, I heard actually Matt Frazier talking about it on Joe Rogan's podcast. It's basically a mattress cover that keeps it cool. Mm -hmm. Game changer. Absolute game changer. Anyone listening to this, it's expensive, but truthfully, like there's nothing better spent money on than your sleep and your health. So um, yeah, I agree. Check that out too. Check that out. That was, that's been a game changer. Like I sleep so much better. How many hours do you usually get? I mean, obviously having a six month, like that's going to throw that out the window a little bit, but we've gotten, she's like sleeping through the night, most nights now, but, and truthfully, like I might have to give my wife a shout out. She's, she's the best. Um, I just realized I'm logged into the wrong zoom. Anyway, <laughs> um, you see that it's okay. Um, so I, I ideally eight, that doesn't happen. I would say I typically get seven. So, which is, which is, you know, I think eight is kind of that magic number of like feeling freaking amazing, but I'm in bed for at least eight. I, 
you know, another thing that my wife won't allow me to do in a good way is like no devices in bed. Yeah. So I'll just read, you know, like once we go to bed, it's like reading or, you know, hopefully other activities uh, that are, you know, happening now that you know, sleeping through the night. Um, But uh, yeah, so I'm in bed for probably we're in bed by 10 and usually an hour to bed by 637 mm. sleep sleep's a really funny one right because we all we all agree on like it's the it's the most important thing right however some individuals work better on less sleep and it still blows my mind how that actually makes sense so you know i've done enough reading not a ton like not enough to like enough to be dangerous is that the expression but they say most people that will tell you that it's not actually true. Oh, fair folks. You know, I don't know, you know, again, I think, but it's like trying to convince them like, Hey, you're not actually one of those people. Mm. It's like, it's like anything though. Like, uh, you know, they, until they try it and they're like, Oh, this is what I've been missing out on. Mm. This is what feeling alive feels like. Um, but I, no, there, there is a small percentage of people that I do think thrive on that. Or, you know, you know, you, you know, I think there's also probably a correlation. You hear like The Rock and Jocko and all these other people. And it's like, would they be better with eight hours sleep? Probably. But at the same time, like, would they be who they are? This driven, crazy individual if they were like, and, you know, and I think there's got to be a fair balance there as well. Like, I feel like when I wake up at seven, I'm like, I am a lazy freaking turd. Like Jocko has been up for two and a half hours. He's worked out, you know? And then I'm also like, not everyone's built like that. Like I can still be productive. And I think it's important to know who you are. And for me, sleep is just this important thing. You know, I think, mm. I think for everybody, um, I, there's a good book called why we sleep that I've, I've listened to bits and pieces of, I'd like to go back and revisit. And I actually was just digging around and stumbling upon uh, Rob Wolf, old school CrossFit name. And um, I see he's been doing a lot on sleep. So I'd like to you know, find out more about what he's putting out there. But I think, I think, you know, I've talked about there's, there's four pillars of fitness, um, sleep, stress, fitness, and nutrition, mm. you know, sleep, obviously, uh, stress, trying to mitigate it, keep it low, uh, fitness, or, you know, being, you know, your training, and then nutrition, what you eat. And I've said two things, I think one sleep is probably the most important, but also most overlooked of those pillars. Mm. And two, if any of those four had to go, like time's running out, I don't have, I don't have time today. It should be your training, which most CrossFitters like that's crazy, but you know it, I, I almost get like not stressed out, but it's like cringy when I see someone showing up at the five a.m. That's like oh, I went to bed at one. I'm like, dude, you would have been better off sleeping for another two hours and being here training. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all right. Sorry for hijacking your podcast. No, man. No, no, no. You go away. This is a conversation. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not an interview. Give over. Um, we all, we've all experienced like members like that though, right? Turning up at the 5am class. I was like, oh, I just pulled an all-nighter because I needed a study and whatever. And I was like, but I'm here. I'm ready to do the, the RX. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've never done that. Like to a fault, I've always been like, I've always prioritized sleep and like, well, for example, we'll go to the CrossFit games and, you know, we judge the individuals and a bunch of buddies will be like 5am workout. I'm like, F that, like I'm in bed, like I'm getting every last minute of sleep I can get. Um, you know, and I know there's value, like you feel better maybe, 
for half the day. But when you have a 12 hour day ahead of you, I'm like, no, 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 sleep. I'll, I'll find time to work out. You know, somebody, we've always said this about being on staff. Like you can find time to work out. You can't find time to sleep. Mm. You know, like during the day I'll squeeze, you can squeeze in a five minute workout. You're not sleeping. Yeah, that's, that is very true. That is very true. I've noticed that like some, for some people starting off with a workout in the morning or starting off with some sort of movement, even if it's a walk, just sorts their head out and they can, they're, they're a little bit fresher when it comes to cognitive abilities that day. You know what I mean? So maybe, maybe I'll play devil's advocate that way and be like, kind of freshes them up upstairs. But other than that, yeah, waking up with four hours of sleep, probably not the wisest of decisions. Yeah. That, you know, I think, you know, if you can just, and a lot of it is you have to be willing to go to bed earlier, like shut your Netflix off, put your device down and go to bed. Mm. Mm. Totally. See, I'm a morning person as it is anyway. Like I do not function at night. Like as soon as I've eaten my evening meal, I'm pretty much dead on my feet. Just put me to bed. And I think that's good to know that. So I would, I would say for you, Alex, a good, try that, like get up, try getting, you know, the idea of that walk is not just movement, but you're getting like, don't wear sunglasses, get sunlight in your eyes Mm -hmm. and then delay your coffee like an hour to an hour and a half and see if you feel even, because I think if you're already a morning person, that's going to be like your morning on, on, you know, performance enhancers. I will, I will take up that offer. I'll do it. Okay. I'll put it on record. I'll do it. I'll say that as I'm sipping a coffee in the morning. But anyway, um, I will do it. Yeah, 100%. So you say 2007, right, is when you got into the CrossFit scene. Yes. Wow. What made you get into it? Um, so I practiced jujitsu. Wow. So I grew up wrestling and, you know, graduated uh, high school, college, and then you finish college, you know, and you have nothing after wrestling. It's like, oh, okay, what's my, like, I need to do something. I need to compete. And I found jujitsu. And I've been doing that a few years. And my good buddy at the time, who uh, became one of the professors, Black Bell, his name's Chad, shows up. It was, I remember to this day, super vividly, shows up Muscle and Fitness Magazine. It's got like an orange cover and Chuck Liddell. I don't know if you guys know who Chuck Liddell is. But, you know, back in the day, he was the man. You know, Mohawk, UFC, Mm -hmm. light heavyweight champ and he was doing crossfit he trained at john hackleman's place out in california san luis obispo called the cross pit and um you know they were you know back then it was like they were doing tire flips and sledgehammer and stuff but but hackleman was one of the ogs he had worked with glassman like and you know it was gaining a little bit of steam a little bit of popularity so chad shows me this magazine and like most people back then i went home and started Googling like CrossFit, like, what is this thing? And of course you go to CrossFit.com and I'm like, oh, you know, kind of deciphering it. Um, and I'm like, okay, you do a workout every day. This seems like this is it. This is all you do. Like the typical, you know, first, first thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then I, I remember the very first workout, it was called the Dirty Dozen. Like there wasn't a name on it, but that's what it became. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but it was like 12 movements and kind of random reps, like some would have 20, 30, 40, et cetera. There's three rope climbs in there. You know, back then they would put these fire breathers doing the workout on the website. So uh, like this little guy, Chris Spieler, 
And I'm like, he's my size. And he did this workout in 14 minutes. I'll give it a try. It should be about 14 minutes. And I'm doing it in the Globo gym, which is where I eventually opened my spot. So I'm in this little Nautilus room trying to, you know, maneuver around. Like I don't have a rope. So I'm doing these towel pull-ups. I don't have a box. So I'm jumping on a bench. And I'm like 45 minutes later, like laying on my back and like, this thing is awesome. And then I just kept doing it myself. And then slowly I had a really, had a really big personal training business at the time, but I was kind of getting burned out on it. And that, you know, that's where CrossFit kind of saved me where I was really burned out on training. This is, like I said, 2007, I graduated college in 2000. So for seven years, I was just burning it up with clients all day. Like what time? 5 a.m. Cool. What time? 9 p.m. Cool. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a young guy. All my friends are making six figures at the time in, you know, the financial industry in Manhattan. And here I am living in, you know, downtown Albany, New York, in a little basement apartment. So I'm just trying to make money. But it was burning me out. Uh, over the course of those seven years, I, I did, I got my master's degree. So I was like, okay, I'm going to become a teacher. That's what I'm going to, you know, I got to get a real job at some point. My mom was a teacher. I thought my master's in psychology. I was like, I'll go get a job. I was coaching wrestling already. So I kind of had an in at the high school. And then this CrossFit comes along and I'm like, huh, I can maybe do something with this. And the first thing I started doing was like, hey, my 5 and 6 p.m. clients, I was like, hey, can you guys be here at 5.30 and work out together? And they were like, yeah, I was like, it's going to save you a little bit of money. Right. Mm-hmm. I was charging them less, but I was making more. Right. So if they were paying, say, 50 an hour at the time, maybe it went to 30, but I'm actually now making 60 for that hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was doing that with enough of my clients. I was like, huh. So one of my clients, his name was Barry. I was like, Barry, I'm going to, I want to open one of these. I want to do a, a CrossFit. I was like, will you find me some real estate? And he was like, no. And I was like, what do you mean, no? You're a real estate agent. Like, this is what you do. He was like, I'm not letting you do that. He was like, so where I was training was a racquetball facility. So in the 70s in the States, racquetball was booming. Like it was the go-to for like the baby boomer generation. Like, you know, they played racquetball. That was their idea of exercise. And it's it's a great sport, but it was by by 2007, it was dead. Mm -hmm. You know, so we had 18 racquetball courts and on any given night, like 15 of them were empty. So he said, you go ask the owner of this building if you can rent one racquetball court. I was like, that's a pretty good idea, Barry. And uh, I did. And we just had a little handshake. He was like, you give me $800 a month. And I was like, $800, that's like everything. Plus I had to pay for my level one. Yeah. Right. Plus I had to buy all this equipment, which by the way, there was no rogue fitness. So you're basically yeah. scouring Craigslist and eBay and building stuff. My buddy, Chad, built the same guy that introduced me to CrossFit built my pull-up bars and like we it was literally just we're like let's go to Home Depot and buy some pipes some flanges like whatever it is and that was it um so yeah that was it you know and and from that moment you know I started with one court over the next seven years by the time I sold the, the box we had five courts I had paved the outside area so we can use outdoors. I had a, a rig outdoors, indoors. Like we had, you know, all brand spanking new rogue equipment by this time. So yeah, it was a good idea to open in 2007. Wow. What a story, man. What a story. Just makeshifting some equipment, getting on a racquetball cart and just 
just figuring it out, you know, like just figuring it out. That is. And that's, that's what beautiful. I try to remind people. Like, yeah, it's a different time. Like I would, you know, I think when, when there's, you know, early adopters to something, which I was like, you have a little bit of an advantage mm-hmm. for the first three years. I was the only box around, right? Like mm-hmm. no one else. So if you heard a CrossFit, there's only one place to go, but I mean, outside of that, it's like, sometimes you got to take a risk. I mean, I borrowed money. I was dating a girl at the time. We were living together, but she basically fronted my level one, um, you know, gave me money to buy all the equipment. I took out every last dollar I had, you know, it wasn't a ton, but, you know, all in, it was probably like Mm $6,000, but, you know, at the time it was everything I had. And, you know, very shortly I was like, huh, this is going to be I didn't think it would ever be what it became that successful. But I was like, okay, this is going to, you know, make me more money than I was making, but allow me to have more fun than I was having. And I was like, that sounds, I'm in, sign me up for that. Mm. Mm. That's, that's beautiful. And something that um, I think, I think James uh, Hobart says it and it, it rings a bell on something that you posted on Instagram the other week, where it's like, you can get away with just starting with passion yeah i mean you know what i would tell people is passion has a shelf life that's something we always say yes but but at the forefront yeah be be like you have to like you know that's what going back to what i was saying i get so i don't get angry i just get like upset for people like over the years i've encouraged so many people to quit their job and do what they love and I can't say with certainty, but I would say like all of them have been successful. My favorite story, I had a, so, you know, the, the gym's going well and I'm getting more, like at first you're just like, I have no time to do anything, but, but own this gym. Yep. Totally. And then as, as it grew and I got a coaching staff, I started, you know, I was big into yoga. I got back into yoga and my, this, this woman, her name's Jess, who became a good friend had this little tiny, like it was literally the size of the room I'm standing in, which is like my basement office mm-hmm. and i was like she was a teacher and a bartender and i said jess if you want this business to be successful you have to quit those jobs like you have to go all in on this and she'd go back and forth like two months later she's like i'm going to do it like i'm listening to you so that was probably like 2009 so it's 2021 she owns like seven yoga studios a juice bar franchise like she literally owns a franchise company like bear i think it's called bear blends like you can through her franchise, like, and like, you know, we joke about it, but I'm like, I, I changed your life. Like, but now we're like such close friends and entrepreneurs and she's far more successful than I am. And I think it's because you just have to like go all in. There's, you know, I always misquote it. There's that story about like one of the Spanish conquistadors arrived and like burned the ships. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're in this now. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, you have to be willing to do that. I mean, life is short. You'll always get another job. Like, at, Yep. You know, obviously it's the pandemic or whatever's going on. If you're, if you're taking care of your family, don't listen to my advice, but if you're a single guy or, you know, your significant other supports you or you have a savings, you know, whether it's a CrossFit, a yoga studio, a coffee shop, life is short. If you have to wake up and do something you don't enjoy, it, it, like I said, will seem a lot longer. Yeah, man. It's, it's exactly what Tony Robbins says, right? If you want to take an Island, burn the boats. Yeah, Tony, that's where I heard it from. I mean, he's telling a story about somebody, but I heard it through Tony Robbins. Yeah, I went to a Tony Robbins seminar a couple of years ago. 
great stuff. Highly recommend it. By the way, this coffee is kicking in. I'm on fire. <laughs> I want some of that blend, man. It, I don't know. It's just it's the timing. It's good. And it's strong. It's pretty strong. Nice. My, my wife's always like, I can't. It tastes like mud. That's what I like. Oh, uh, yeah. Have you ever had Turkish coffee? No, what's that? That's That tastes like it's a bit thicker. It's a bit grittier. Um, like you've got to continuously stir it on the stove. Um, like, ooh, and that is, that's strong. That's good stuff. It's like cowboy coffee. Coach Bergner probably calls it like when you just mix the, uh, the grinds in with some boiling water. Yes. Yeah. Have that with a little, little cube of Turkish delight. Ooh, you got a good time. I'll try it. Yeah, man. Um, so going back to like jumping, jumping straight in it's funny how um life will end up rewarding you for doing that right um and at the time you think oh it's just like the universe kind of speaking to me and whatever you believe is whatever you believe but when you look back you're like well it's actually because you just worked hard and didn't give yourself an option to fail you didn't give yourself an option to to quit and change direction you're just like no i'm just gonna go chips in throw it all in go all in and figure this out on the fly and i think that is something that everyone needs to experience um wherever it is in life you know when you're younger it's obviously easier because you have less responsibilities and 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 things tied tying you down um as they say but just throwing your chips into into one basket and going for it and you usually ends up working even if it's just a lesson you gain from it and then you you come straight straight out of it. Say, for example, you throw it all into a box, it folds, you would have learned a lot of lessons, right? Yeah, that's what, uh, you know, well, first of all, one of the things we tell our affiliates is like down the road, they're like, oh man, 10 people joined, this happened, this happened, this happened. I'm like, because you're doing all these right things. Like, yeah, there's some luck involved, but it's like, if you're doing these right things, like putting these pebbles in this jar, eventually it's going to overflow. And that's, you know, what they're doing. And one of the things we also do is we have some really high level leaders come into our affiliate university and, and do these, you know, weekly chats with them and get them fired up. And just the other day, uh, the, the, his name is Doug Holt. He came in and he was like, I, you know, now he's a CEO for many companies. He's, he's been around the fitness industry for years. And, you know, he says, I failed. I just fell fast, learn from it and move on. Mm. That's the key. Yeah, I, um, I listened to something yesterday. It was like, um, if you fail, um, cry for a day. But if you win, yeah. celebrate for a day. And it, it goes on and, and says, basically, when we, when we win, we don't celebrate, we move on. And when we fail, we cry for a month. And we yeah. kind of just like stay in that perpetual cycle of, you know, self-hatred and be like, oh, how could I, how could I have failed on this, blah, blah, blah. And then go again, trip up and you're like, oh, and then you've wasted that extra month just kind of beating yourself up about it rather than just get up, learn from it, wipe your tears away, you know, have your moment, feel it. It's, it's going to be an ego check, a kick in the gut. And then you've just got to be able to move on. Yeah. So right now I'm always at my desk. I keep these three books. Wow. Right? I got the Daily Stoic along with the journal. And then the secret, you know, and you can think the secret's all wishy-washy. It is, right? But it's all about, like, if you're just positive, positive things will happen. And the Stoic books, I highly recommend, you know, listeners check out whatever it is. These, 
a great starting point is this one, Ryan Holiday's The Daily Stoic, where it's just like one little passage every day. Mm -hmm. It's the first thing I read in the morning. But yeah, it's all about, you know, understanding what you can control and whether it's good or bad, like, okay, you know, accept it. Like you said, cry or celebrate and and move on. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful. I've heard a lot of good things about that book, actually. I've never, I've never given it a go myself. I've just never ordered it or seen it in shop. Um, but I really do want to give it a go. I'm all into that whole philosophy, stoicism. You know, I'm a thinker, you see. I'll, I'll sit on a rock and just like think about life for about two weeks. And that's me as a happy man. It's, 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 I highly recommend it. It's just an easy one to, uh, you know, to, to read a little bit every day. You know, mm. just perfect. It's like literally a one minute read every morning. Mm. Talking of books. Yeah. Talk to me about yours, brother. <laughs> um yeah i wrote i wrote we we have three books i mean the first two were nutrition and a journal that kind of goes along with it uh own your eating the definitive guide to flexible eating so that was the first book i wrote and then we wrote a journal that accompanies it with my wife and then i think the book you're referring to is best hour of their day you know we i had the name of the book before we had everything else but it just flowed well and that's you know, really a story about my box ownership. A lot of what we're talking about is in there, but it's 30 lessons that I've learned being involved in the CrossFit space, you know, most as an affiliate owner, but in addition to that on seminar staff, um, you know, coaching others, my own ups and downs of being an affiliate owner and a coach. And yeah, it was, it was, it was just, you know, I, I found that for me, the way I like to be creative, and you probably see it a little bit in my Instagram now, like that's that's kind of my creative outlet, just kind of like writing free flow. It probably like it comes off like I'm talking because it's just literally what's coming out of my mouth. Um, and I started doing that, you know, five years ago. And I was like, huh, each one of these is kind of like a lesson and maybe a chapter. And if I expand it a little bit more, again, it was one of those things where I was like, I'm just going to start and see what happens. You know, worst case is I have this Google Doc that no one ever sees. Best case, I have a book that people read. Yeah, I, I can't wait to get hold of it. I mean, that's well, part I was, of a... It's hard to get copies all over. I mean, everything's available on Amazon, but I know they don't ship everywhere. I will send you... A, remind me after we get off this, so I can send you a copy. Oh, thank you, brother. Um, yeah, it gets brought up. Copy, but I can get you the ebook. Thank you, man. It, um, yeah, it, um, it comes up in the study group, uh, UK and Ireland study group back home. Um, Does it really? By, yeah, we talk about it quite a lot. Um, that's odd. like that's so cool. You know, that's one of those things where you open a CrossFit in 2007, you have no idea. I mean, I have a coaches development group with 100 coaches around the world. And I think, you know, sometimes you kind of have to pinch yourself. Like these people, like they'll ask me a question. I'm like, why are you asking me? Like, who am I to answer this question? Yep. And then, um, you know, you realize I've got a ton of time and experience in this world. So, yeah, it makes sense. I think I give really bad answers because people always want like, no, 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 give me black and white. I'm like, oh, there is no black and white. There's a lot yep. of gray in CrossFit and mm-hmm. they don't really want that. But um, but I think I my goal is always to just challenge people to think about the question or what they're doing in a, in a different way. Mm, and I think people... 
people like that man even if they do want the black and white they they want to get a little bit of an insight into what's going on between between your ears and figure out your thought process and and hear the words that you choose to to communicate with and then that allows them to to go a little bit deeper and then and and think about how they're running their place or or coaching themselves or even just doing their pt business uh, you know what i mean it's conversations a beautiful thing yeah and i I mean, A, you're absolutely correct. And B, yeah, there's no, you know, in entrepreneurship, in business, I mean, in life, there's rarely like, yes, no, right, wrong, right? I mean, yep. there's a lot of gray, like what works best? Well, try this, try that. So, you know, at the end of the day, I always encourage the people I'm coaching or working with or talking to, to think about it from that perspective, a best hour of their day. Mm -hmm. Oh, someone's not going deep enough and I'm so mad. Are they having fun? Are they happy to be there? Can you try to get them to go a little bit deeper, but keep it friendly? Cool. Oh, someone's shaving reps. You know, is that impacting your workout? You know, like really always thinking about it from the idea of it's not about you. It's about them. Yep. That is one of the best pieces of advice, in my opinion, you can give to an aspiring coach or just a young coach is like, it's not about you. It's about them. However, you've got to take that, you know, with a pinch of salt because you can't just run yourself into the ground um, in the whole process of like, yeah, it's about them. It's about them. I'm like, yes, dude, but you need to like, you know, sleep and look after yourself and look after your family around you. And then it's about them. Yeah. I, you know, and, and there's a couple of chapters in the book devoted to that where periods of time where I took terrible care of myself, and realized not only do I feel crappy, but I'm not doing a great job with my members now because of yep. the fact that I'm not filling my cup. And, you know, I tell people, you know, everything we talked about earlier, like these these um, different opti optimizations of everything is great, but ultimately, you know, you have to kind of have this anchor that guides you. And for me, it's always like training and nutrition, right? If I, if I take, if I work out every day or, you know, five days a week and I eat right, I can handle most everything else. Yep. You know, and I think that's a mistake box owners make. Like they get busy and they're like, all right, I'll skip my workout. And you know, I'm so busy, I'll grab a McDonald's or, you know, Chipotle or whatever. And it's like, no, no, no. Put your workout in your schedule. Ideally, mm -hmm. go to a class. You know, so, you're, you know, that's time with your members. Plan your food out, eat right, you know, take care of yourself. Or it's the same thing they say on planes, right? Put your oxygen mask on first exactly right and and that's a really important thing is, is go do a fucking class go jump into a class with your people you know what i mean like you're gonna be ticking two boxes there killing two birds because you're you're giving back to your community you're 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 being that face you're being around and you're also going to get a sweat on plus you know it's always better to to work out with people right we we always prefer that yeah and your members appreciate it they want to yeah. like oh you know they get, they feel special. They're working out with the owner. They're working out with the coach. You know, you show them, Hey, I do the same stuff we ask you to do. Mm -hmm. It's great. It's, it's important. Yeah. It's really funny. You bring up um, looking after yourself, right? Because it touches on something that you uh, wrote down on that little whiteboard on a, um, it's a, like a little notepad, right? Like a little digital yeah, notepad. That's iPad. the one. Yeah. There it is. Um, so what, ha what happened was, I've got sticky notes. Yeah. Right. But they're down in my office and I was using them and a, I felt bad. I was like, I'm wasting paper. And then B, 
what, what truly was the catalyst behind the iPad was I was watching the baby and I didn't have the sticky notes by me, but I had my iPad and I was like, oh, I can use this in my finger. And I did that. And I was like, that looked, so then I have the, like a stylus or a pencil for the iPad. So that's what I use now. But the cool thing is I can do it anywhere. Mm. You know, and it it's also, thing. I work on my penmanship, you know, but people are always like, you wear the same shirt. And I, it's cause I'll do like, a, I'll batch like a bunch. Yeah. And I, they're like, somebody reached out and he was like, wait, is that the same picture? And you're just stamping on the iPad, like, like editing it. And I was like, no, I just stand still. And I swipe to the next one and just hit the camera. I put no effort into the picture itself, like no filter and nothing, just boom, 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 try to get them done as fast as I can. It's the writing, the thought of the statement and then the writing that follows up that I um, put you know, thought into. Mm. But what did I say? Which one were you talking about? Uh, the, the presence and attitude, right? And oh, yeah, yeah. this, this um, oh man, this, this is like not my Achilles heel, but something that really gropes me if you kind of look around and either watch within your own gym or, or other gyms. And I'm like, oh my God, like if that is not ticked off, I don't care how much knowledge you know, like get out of the fucking gym. Like if you're not willing to go 100%, don't step foot in front of these people. And the reason why I'm so hard is because I got a little story, right? I coached in a class. This was fucking years ago like years ago, right? And um, and I, I was coaching this morning class, right? I was broke at the time, like absolutely financially fucking spent. So I was doing, I don't know, three or four jobs. So I'd coach the morning class. I would go clean up a theater and lift and shift. I would come back and PT. I would fix people up in like massage and physical therapy. Then I'd coach all evening. Then I'd PT again. So I was absolutely fucked. You know what I mean? Just, just working all the time. Right. And I'd hardly had any sleep. Like, like we said at the beginning. So I, I'd turn up to this morning class, I had my hood up and I was like, all right, boards all written up. Everything's all tidied. Everything's spot on. Music is on nice and low. Lights are on. Doors unlocked. Everything is raring to go. I thought about how I want to take the class. I mentally rehearsed. Everything is ticked. However, my hood was still up, right? And I remember a, a, a member came to me maybe four weeks after that class. So it was it was a good while. And she came on and turned around to me. I was like, Alex, are you okay? I was like, yeah, yeah, why? It's like, well, just didn't really seem like you wanted to be there the other morning. I was like, why? It's like, because you had your hood up. And that absolutely kicked me in the gut. And I'll think about it on a weekly basis, right? Literally on a weekly basis. Cause I'm like, no, no one is ever gonna, ever gonna think that again in anything I do. Um, and it, it's funny cause I've managed to do everything else, but I was so tired. I was like, I just left the hood up and it must've been like, it must've been half up. You know what I mean? Like this, Yeah. but um, she picked up on it and I was like, wow, those little things they pick up on. Yeah, I mean, it's like, um, you know, anything, all, all these little things that you're doing really do matter. And that's where, you know, whether you're eating or drinking or whatever you're doing on the floor, you know, and it's, it's, it's challenging because you are in the service industry as a coach. And, you know, all, like you said, it could be the difference between a, your hood could be the difference between somebody leaving, having had a fantastic day and a terrible day. Yeah. But, and that's why I said in that post that, presence and attitude is key because 
in that example, even you may have coached the hell out of that class. You may have fixed her squad or, you know, helped her PR. And what is she remembering or what is she mentioning to you, your hood? Exactly. And, you know, the truth is as CrossFit coaches, when they first take their level one or whatever they do in order to kind of begin their coaching journey, they're going to be really bad. There's no debating that they're going to be bad. Like the, you're new to this. It's expected that you're going to be bad, mm -hmm. but you can mask a lot of that with having good presence and attitude. You, yep. know, you can show up, you can just to be telling jokes and playing great music and high-fiving and your members have no idea that you didn't give out one cue, right? They're mm -hmm. just like, that was a lot of fun, you know? And I think I say it in the post, like, don't rely on that. Like to a fault I did at first. I was just like, oh, we're, we just, we're the gym where you have fun. Move however you want. Like I would post videos and now like looking back, I'm like, oh, those are terrible. I can't believe I let people squat like that. I can't believe I did this or that. But man, we were having a good time. And then you realize like, like anything, I always tell people, you know, do you, do you play, play Trivial Pursuit? Yeah, man. Great game. I'm like, I know, sometimes when I say something, I write it down. This is like, this is how those posts come about. Like when I say something, I think about expanding it. And, but I always say like, Hey, the six criteria, teaching, seeing, correcting, group management, demonstration, presence, and attitude are kind of like the six pieces in a trivial pursuit. Like you need all of them. You can't win with one. Even you can know sports better than anybody else at the table, but if they have six pieces and you have one, you lose. Right. And you have to eventually diversify your knowledge if you want to win that game. Mm -hmm. Same holds true with coaching. There's six criteria and one is not technically more important than the other, right? A lot of what I post is kind of like absolute and trying to draw attention. You need to be doing all of them to be a great coach. You know, you can mask your, your weakness, right? Like I'm sure in England and New Zealand, you have like trivia nights. Like you, you could be the guy that like, man, if you ask me a question about the office, I got you. But history, I'm out, right? Mm -hmm. So like, cool, you're an asset to the team. But until you know the office and history, you're not as valuable as the guy that does. Mm -hmm. And it's the same principle with coaching. Be working on all of those criteria. You know, take advantage of your expertise of where you shine, but don't rely on it either. Mm -hmm. Are you an office fan? Um, no, I've never watched it. Well, Okay, you're so much homework. You're gonna have to do so much. You gotta read my book. You gotta not drink coffee, and you have to watch nine seasons of The Office. Oh dear. We're not watching I... the English version. We're watching the American one. The English one is great though too, and it's only two seasons. So start there. You might enjoy that. It took me a while to get into it. My, I might, like I was telling you, my wife is English, but like translating the English accent at times is a challenge, right? And they're like using so much like terms and that you don't use here. Like that's where I got cringy from. I never said cringy till my wife started saying it or, or other things. So, you know, but, but when I went back and watched it, it's great. Like I mm -hmm. highly, if, when you're zoning out after dinner tonight, throw on the English version of the office with Ricky Gervais. It's on, I'm sure you can find it online mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and, and you'll have a good time. Put a lot of good I'm stuff. Sure your listeners love the office. I'm positive. I'm sure I'm literally the only person on the in the planet that's that's not seen 
The Office, either one of them, and it both of them. I've not seen either. But, I mean, the British humour is always, always, wait, you know, we're known for it, right? Like, we tread the line most of the oh, time. That's what I love about it. I love inappropriate humour. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's really funny. Like, I've um, I've lived in a few places now, and, like, even just moving around the UK, right? Because I'm from like the northwest, and our humor is um, is a bit messed up, right? So if you've got the line, we are so far past the line, you can no longer see it, and yeah. we just think it's funny. Um, was, one of my members back in the day, her name was Lenora, and she was this amazing. She's still amazing. Like she's still doing CrossFit. She got into powerlifting. She's like sixty years old. She was actually a rabbi, but also a stand-up comic. Fuck. And we used to joke. She. We used to joke about it at the box because we were like, it's the culture you create, right? Like, and I created just like an animal house fraternity envi- environment. And people would be like, you know, you're, you're over the line. And Lenora would always joke, what line? Like, where's the <laughs> line? We don't have one anymore. And that's yeah. what it's all about, right? It's the best way to build family, though, right? And in, in my opinion, like, and it, it ties back into having the best hour of that day. Just make them laugh, make them smile. But yeah, you need to you like to find that balance, right? Like I know yeah. you get to know your members. Like I know that dude over there, I can make a, you know, a balls joke and he will laugh his head off. And I know that woman over there, I need to be a little more appropriate around. I'll tell you this, like I've learned over the years, you can't judge a book by its cover. Like, like I said, the woman I was talking about was literally a rabbi <laughs> and she was the least appropriate person at the gym. And, um, most people that go to CrossFit, they're there just to let out some steam and, you know, yeah. have a good time. Like everyone loves a good snatch joke. Everyone loves a good grab your balls when you're doing medicine ball cleans, right? Like <laughs> you can't go wrong with a, with a dirty joke. And if you can, you know, maybe that's not the best fit. You know, you have to be able to say like, hey, this is how we are here. Like you have to, this is who we are. We're having mm-hmm. a good time. If you don't like it, we'll we'll try to tame our you know sense of humor around you but at the same time maybe not the best spot for you to be yeah it's also it poses like um a difficult um thing to get around especially when you're managing like the the aura of the of the class right when there's a lot of i don't want to say ethnicities uh nationalities within one class so i worked in a place called Southampton and it was a part city, right? So we'd get a lot of people coming off cruise ships. We'd get a lot of people coming off like expensive yachts. We'd get people working in like the sailing industry and all that type of stuff. So they were from everywhere. And it was, first of all, really cool. Like seeing the similarities between people when you're from all over the world, which was absolutely fantastic to, to like witness and also be a part of, but two, like it was, it's hard to manage that dynamic when you when you drop in jokes, and especially when it English isn't their first language, or their their culture is completely different. Like I remember this this one guy uh, from Egypt, and um, he played. He was an absolute athlete, right? An absolute animal. He played national level uh, handball, um, and you tell him to do anything, and he would absolutely destroy it. Um, we got on really well on an individual level. However, like the rest of the, the the class was kind of, it was one of those school environments where they, you know, them integrated into the class is a little bit harder than it should be. And 
as a coach, you've got to be able to turn around and be like, listen, I remember, I remember a class, he ran out, goes on a or goes on a block run. I literally have to turn the music down. I was like, like, listen, stop taking the piss out of this lad. First of all, English is his second language. Second of all, he's on the other side of the fucking world. All right. So let's rein this in. Let's try and like bring him in. And um, yeah, after that, like everyone was, you know, arm round him and all that. And it was, it was brilliant. But it's it's a it's a hard thing to manage when people are from all over the place and you and you want to drop some dirty jokes. Yeah, that, that's, you know, and, you know, there's definitely, so Nicole Carroll, who's in charge, uh, or she was in charge of the, the training um, department of CrossFit, would always say, like, you know, risk-reward. You know, so when you're at a seminar, given a CrossFit level one, you know, it's about 50 strangers, maybe don't drop a dirty joke, right? Because, you know, 49 people may laugh and one person may be offended. Yeah. But it's your box and your rules. You know, if that's the culture you want, create it. Mm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So level four, whenever you yeah. see that, you know, LV1, uh, LVL4, you're like, holy shit, big boy on the block now. Right. That's right. Um, yeah, I got lucky. You know, I took my level two in 2000. You know, I told you I took my level one in 2007, found CrossFit, went through all that. Uh, October 2007, took my first level one in Toronto. Actually, speaking of Nicole Carroll, like I had to email her. It was sold out. And I was like, I'm opening an affiliate. I need to get this. And it's sold out. This is the only one. And, you know, they weren't all over the place every month mm. or every week. They were like literally scattered quarterly. Like this was the, the next time there was going to be one in the Northeast was, you know, maybe the following year. So she squeezes me in. I take it, fall in love with it. And I was like, okay, I want to become a level two. And they opened up the level two the next year. And I think I was the second group of people to go through that level two in Santa Cruz at the OG, like the, the, the original CrossFit, where if you go back and you watch like Nasty Girls or Greg Amundsen, like hitting workouts, it was that place. And passed my level two, which at the time, like 30% of the people were passing. And, you know, so I was pretty proud of that. And then years passed by and the level three and the level four come out and basically if you pass that original level two you became a level four so long as you pass the level three which i did um so right now you can't get a level four it's not available so the only people that have it have been around for a very long time and passed a really rigorous level two back in the day mm-hmm. so yeah it's definitely something i'm very proud of um yeah it definitely makes you stand out a little bit um, but uh you know, I, I, I think, you know, I got a little lucky again where I, I just was like, okay, I'm going to take this thing. And, and luckily I passed. I mean, the feedback was given by Nicole, Pat Sherwood, Dave Castro, like, you know, these heavy hitters. And I remember people were getting, it was individual. Like you go up these stairs at the loft of the, of the affiliate and they would give feedback. And then these people were coming back down the stairs crying. And I was like, oh man, like what's going to happen? And, and for somehow, some way, for some reason, I passed. I don't think it's got anything to do with luck, mate. Like you're the one who did the, did the work. They saw what you did and was like, yes, Jess, you did well. Thank you. I like to think that, but I don't know. Yeah, level four, like that's, you know, I mean, it's level four out of level four, right? It's 
completed it, mate. That all adult age old in between us quote. Yeah, completed it, mate. Um, yeah. And it's 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 impressive. It always yeah. is. Like if you see, well, if you see anyone from three onwards, you're always like, they are so dedicated to this craft on their own time. Never mind in the time that they've blocked off to be dedicated to it. Like outside of those hours, they are pursuing you know, extracurricular, they are pursuing knowledge, training, all that type of stuff. And it's, uh, it always fires me up to, to see that type of stuff, even if it's outside of the realm of CrossFit, right? If we take outside of that um, qualification process, if you look at someone, they're like, oh, okay, they've got like basic life support, you know, AED, first aid level, whatever. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that's just... That fires me the fuck up. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, you know, it took me a long time to grasp the fact that, you know, I, I put my 10,000 hours into coaching. You know, I would always look at things like, oh, man, like there's a guitar hanging over there or, you know, my, my own fitness career. I'm like, man, I'm not good at anything. And then I was like, oh, wait, I'm good at one thing. And that goes back to everything we've talked about. It's like, that's why we hit record you know, three years ago, because we knew we were good at this thing. And, you know, so long as, like you said, you have passion, you know, and you're willing to work hard, if you're good at something, you know, run with it. Mm -hmm. One thing I've learned over, you know, going back even to my Instagram, it was like, okay, I'm going to just stick to my lane. Like, this is it. This is what I'm really good at. This is what people recognize me for. This is actually what I like doing. You know, I'm not whether or not I build up a tremendous followership or not, it's not what it's about. It's like, this is what I do. And if you come here, you know, this is what you're going to get. And, mm -hmm. and that was a big lesson. I used to try to diversify, have my hand in all these different things. And it's like, no, focus on what you're good at, burn those ships and you'll be successful. That that's beautiful. And you can tell, you really can tell like everything, every night you see, you do everything that we see you do, I should say. Um, you can tell, you can tell you've put those 10,000 hours in and more. You can tell you've dedicated to the craft and burn your own boats. And you can tell that you clearly give a shit, you know? Okay. So, I'm glad that it comes off that way because it's truly how I feel. That's beautiful. Again, I'm fired up. I get fired up a lot, you know? I I live through passion, Jace. Like, I, like anything that, that I'm passionate about, I'm probably going to be spending all my time doing it. You know what I mean? I just, that's just the person I am. That's great. And that's what it's all about. That's it. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I'm so grateful for anyone who wants to have a conversation with me, you know? Um, so thank you very much. Well, you're welcome. My coffee is empty. So yeah, got to wrap up this conversation. All right, mate. Thank you very much. You, you go have a great day. You too, Alex. Great chatting with you. Thanks for letting me be on your show. All right, man. Whenever you're uh, down this end of the of the world, hit me up, and we'll uh, we'll I'm throw not, it down and grab a coffee. I'm not ready to quarantine for a, a month, but yeah, once that's over, you got it. Oh, uh, legend. All right, man. Take it easy. Bye.